last time on Join the Party. Oh my God, what didn't happen? Ready? Okay. Everyone follows Alonzo back to the castle, but then they get ambushed by Greg. Greg is a bard with a weapon he can control with whistling, and that's just so crazy. And there's a standoff, and people try to talk to each other, but Tracy just drives his great axe right into Greg's leg, and it's all bloody. The Speaker of the Concentric States shows up, and she could fly, and everyone has a formal sit-down, but first there's breakfast, thank God. But hold on, there's a test of a magical spyglass that they work out with some help from Stoneface. A. Everyone's looking up in the night sky, and it's beautiful, and there's stars, and they crack the case of the spyglass, and whoa, there's a storm a-brewing. Whew. Our heroes need some personal time. It's a personal pan party. Let's get the party started. Tracy, it is now the afternoon, and you want to check out the trophy room, right? Yes. All right. The trophy room, as you remember, is back in the same hallway where the alchemy room is. If you remember, there was three doors in that hallway. It's the room with the uh, the medium amount of magical energy coming from it. And the door is closed. Tracy walks up to the door and knocks politely. And he does like a shave and a haircut rhythm. <laughs> All right, as you do that, you hear some gears actually start turning behind the door, and like an opening chime goes, and the door opens. It like automatically swings open. And you walk in, and the trophy room looks exactly like you thought it would look like. All over the walls are covered with just lots and lots of animal heads and monster heads, some you recognize. And some you've never actually seen before. Some of them look exotic with like 10 tusks coming out of one face. Some of them just kind of look like turtles and deer, like very kind of normal. But it's very ornate and everything is very nicely labeled with like their name and who shot them. But in the middle, there are three big glass cases. One has a set of armor, which is on a slight mannequin. One has a mannequin with one foot on top of a tarnished metal jar. You know, like those jars that like all the popcorn comes in? Yeah. Like those big ones? So mm-hmm. it's like that. It looks like that. What flavors are in it? That you cannot see. <laughs> you can't see. It's, you know, it's pretty big and like enough that you can like really prop your foot on it. Captain Morgan style. <laughs> and uh, one has a tanned leather briefcase with like little stubby legs below it. And there's a mannequin kind of like reaching down to pick it up. And uh, this opening music is just going. It's like elevator music. Like, ba, 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 ba. 
I start kind of swaying a little bit in place. <laughs> yeah. I'm really digging this music. But I also, is there anything else in the room or is it just like kind of like spotlights on these three? It's spotlights on those three, yeah. Okay. Tracy says, Um, he- hello? And when you say hello, a voice clicks on. <laughs> Welcome to the Royal Trophy Room, supported in thanks to the generous donations of Richard Kiko V and viewers like you. Relive the majesty of the Kiko family. For a thousand years, the Kikos of Fidopolis have been a guiding light for the rest of the concentric states, leading them forward for justice, truth, and prosperity. Let's relive the history, for if we don't remember our history, we are doomed to repeat it. And then the girl from Infaida comes back on. Tracy looks delighted. He sits on the floor uh, cross-legged style and kind of like puts his head in his cupped hands and is ready for story time. Is everybody ready? Yeah! I can't hear you. Yes! A spotlight comes on the armor. And the voice continues. First, we have the blessed armor of Ken Ken Kika. It shines so brightly after so many years because she was never hit in battle. And you see, like, the armor actually is perfect. There are no kind of nicks in it. She used negotiation skills and quick thinking to end all conflicts before it ever happened. Why doesn't everyone solve problems like that? That's crazy. I don't know. They should. Ken Ken never knew, and the world may never know either. And the spotlight comes on the second one, the big tarnished metal jar. Over here, notice the iron tankard of Violet Beard Kiko, the water tanker. After smuggling onto a pirate ship, she disguised herself as a man by wrapping her long purple locks around her face. Looking out from the crow's nest, she spied the current twisting more than usual. With an aha moment, she realized that the water weirds lived through the coast on the concentric states. Determined to get one of her own, she fashioned this tank so she could carry it on her back and caught one water weird of her own. Through a series of duels, dice games, and a snapping water elemental by her side, she became captain of the ship and eventually the admiral of the concentric states for over two decades. Her water weird still lives in the lake behind Kiko Manor, buffering the storm that constantly rumbles there. (laughs) And the third spotlight comes on. And finally, we end our tour on a briefcase. Goodbye, and have a pleasant afternoon. (laughs) Ha ha! You knew there was more to this briefcase, didn't you? I don't appreciate that! Please leave all questions until the end of the tour. Sorry! Legend goes that Tallahassee Kiko challenged a hag to a game of chance to save an entire village, endangered by the monster's rolling anger for blocking her view of some ducklings. This game, chess. The match raged for hours, parrying and shifting, and back and forth until finally, Tallahassee summoned all of his mental facilities that he had and trapped the hag's king in a corner piece. It's perfect! Even though they only wagered for the village safety, the hag gave him an enchanted briefcase. When you say the magic word, it turns into a crocodile. Perfect for carrying papers, looking sharp, and always up for a round of chess. Lumbar! Pineapple! Either of those work? No, nothing nothing happens. (laughs) That is the end of the tour. Have a good day, and remember, if you don't remember your history, you're doomed to repeat it. And the girl from Infinite comes back up. Can I have it all? Can I have it? Please take something from the gift shop. 
but take only one. More than that would be greedy. Tracy takes a length of rope out of his bag and, like, starts tying knots, like, just as if he's, like, practicing his knot tying skills. But he kind of, like, electric slides one step at a time (laughs) over to the briefcase. You're trying to trick this disembodied voice? Uh Okay, cool. Once he gets close enough to the suitcase, he takes out his shortest javelin. And uh, as he continues, like, tying a knot in his left hand, he takes out a javelin out of his pack and swiftly taps the glass dome and knocks it off the briefcase. I'll say that you could break the glass, but I want to know how sneaky you do it. So let's just do a straight-up dexterity. Okay. I don't want to break the glass. I want to knock the thing over. Oh, you want to break the... Okay. I just want to knock the dome over. Oh, okay. That's fine. Yeah. That's still dexterity. Do you need dice to play this game? Yeah, you do, Brandon. You That's might need weird. to take out your D20. Just because we're having a magical moment of versimilitude doesn't mean that you don't need to roll every once in a while. Which one's the 20? Is that the one with That's the That's the one with the 20 on oh, okay, it. Okay, cool. Oh. Hey, I got a natural 20. Is that, <laughs> is that good? Yeah, it's a good roll. Okay. Even though this is a glass case, you still manage to just like kind of bump it over. And even with the mannequin inside holding on to the bag, both just kind of like fall over, and the glass case kind of even bounces off the ground, but doesn't break. And you can see that five of the sides, like the bottom and the four sides, were glass, but the top wasn't covered. And now there's an opening if you want to grab it. Yeah, definitely want to grab it. I think Tracy uses the javelin again to kind of like fish the handle and take it kind of like a pack on his back. Uh, You fish it out and you put it over your shoulder, and the legs kind of start scrabbling a little bit. And what you have is Tallahassee's bag. Have you ever seen Halloween Town? Yeah, like a long time ago. Though. Okay, so do you remember that the one played by Debbie Reynolds? She has a bag that can walk by itself. Yes. It's like that. This isn't a bag of holding. It's just literally a bag. But it can carry like as much as like a decent sized briefcase could carry. And also it can walk by itself. So whatever your speed is, it can walk behind you, but always like not fast enough to overtake you, but walk behind you. And inside is a game of chess. And once per day, it can turn into a crocodile. But you need to- (laughs) Wait, wait, hold on. The bag or the game? The bag. The bag can turn into a crocodile. However, you don't know what the magic word is. As I leave the room, I put my- Javelin back in my pack, kind of dust it off or like blow smoke off it like you would a pistol because it's done me good. And I walk out into the hallway and sit down and open the briefcase and check out my new game. Okay. What are you looking for? I want to check for magical energies. Arcana. So then Arcana. Arcana. I got a four plus one for a five. You open up all the pieces and you set it up and you're happy because all the pieces are there. Great. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> can I just check it over for like traps or anything? Is there anything? Sure. Weird? You can investigate it if you want. I rolled so well at the start. What'd you, what'd you get? Uh, I, got, I got a crit one. Oh, no. Yeah. All the pieces are there. Good job. All right. I put the game back into the briefcase and I'm going to head down to the gym. All right. Are you going to have the bag like waddle behind you? I don't trust it yet. I'm just going to let it. Are you still are you carrying still it? Still going to carry it for now. Okay, cool. Is like when you're holding a dog, and like sometimes it's like okay with you holding it, but other times it's just like I don't want it, like pushing against you. You walk down to the training grounds, which is where Alonzo originally was practicing with all the targets, and you see there's like just a small like sports shack 
that keeps like all like the equipment for training in there. And on the left side, laying out on a beach chair, is a dwarf. And his hair is kind of like all wrapped up into a top knot. His beard is also in a top knot. And he is perfectly still because he is so sunburnt. Like crispy. So crispy. And you see he's reaching for something that's on like an end table to his right. And it's a wand with a little blue sphere on top of it. And he's just like, oh, I don't, I can't move, but, oh, Tracy's going to walk up next to him, kind of look him up and down, and then take his bedroll out from his pack and lay it on the ground next to the dwarf and then put his sunglasses on and just kind of catch some rays. What kind of sunglasses does Tracy have? They're definitely, like, the Aviator Ray-Bans. I was just thinking it was, like, massive Ray-Bans. Yeah. But, like, he's giant, so they, the earpieces are, like, super stretched out. <laughs> the dwarf tries to raise his head up a little and says, Hey, is somebody is somebody there? I really... Hello? Uh, is somebody... Where are you? Is someone there? Yeah, bro! <laughs> Tracy's trying. Tracy's trying really hard to fit in. <laughs> Uh, hey, uh, bruh, I mean, can you, how, can you help me out here? Can you get me that, the, that wand right there? I need it. And I'm so, I'm really close. Yeah, yeah, of course. And Tracy grabs the wand and hands it to him. Okay, no, 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 don't, don't hand, don't hand it to me. Okay, just point it at me and just say chill. That's all I need you to do. I just, help me out, can you just help me out? Tracy points the wand at the dwarf and goes, Chill. And you see, like, little snowflakes kind of swirl off of the front, and they, like, kind of soak into his body. And he shivers a little bit, and he stands up and says, All right, thank you. You know, if I do it on myself, if I try to point it at myself, I actually might hurt. It could be just cold damage, but I need I need someone to help me, so thank you. I feel much chiller now. Thanks, this is mine now. No, no, it is, no, it is not. No, that's not how that works at all. Please, I will I will put you in an arm bar if you do not give that back to me. How tall is this dwarf? Uh, like, less than five feet tall. So this four-foot-eight dwarf is trying to threaten a seven-foot-tall, 270-pound warforged? Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. Cool. So, much like your older brother, Tracy just yeah. holds the wand up above the dwarf's head and says, You can have it if you can take it! All right. Brandon, I'm going to do a strength contest against you. Why don't you roll either your athletics or your dexterity? I got a 14 plus 3 for 17. Okay. So this dwarf jumps at you, goes behind you on your back, and takes the arm that's holding the wand up and locks it behind your back with one arm. Oh, God! And with the other arm, he plucks the wand out of your hand. Please stop! Only if you say uncle. Say it. Uncle, uncle! Who's your uncle? Am I your, I'm your uncle? His name is William! <laughs> All right, he, uh, he, let, he lets go of you, and he jumps off. He says, hey, what did I tell you? I told you it was going to do the armbar. Armbar happened. How did you do that? That was so cool! Hey, it's just wrestling moves, man. I've been doing wrestling moves my whole life, and that's why big, big, dumb... Galoots like you don't mess with me. I'm uh, I'm Horkley. It's nice to meet you. Who are who are you? 
I'm smarter than you. Uh, apparently not. And uh, Horkley walks away. Starts Wait, to walk away. Horkley, Horkley, I'm I'm Tracy. It's nice to meet you, Tracy. Can I buy your book? A book on what? You don't have a. You're not selling a book or anything. Uh, a book on on wrestling. Yeah. Uh, you know what? How how about I just show you? Okay. And um, Horkley shows you a bunch of wrestling moves he knows. This is like a real like '80s montage where it goes from like in the beginning, like the first hour, it's just like him putting you in various like Cody puts you in a chokehold, and you're just like flailing your arms. And then it cuts to like another scene where he has you by both legs, and you're like beating the ground. But eventually, like you start. And then to it get cuts it. to like a break where we're just both eating ice cream cones in silence. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He tries to reach for your ice cream cone. And I smack his hand away. Yeah. <laughs> and then he puts and then he jumps on you and puts you in another headlock. <laughs> but eventually you start to get good at this and you actually you figure out some reversals. There's one where you like throw him over your shoulder for the first time and he, he lands on the ground and he looks stunned, but then he gives you a big thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> and as the sun's going down, you guys are telling yourselves off after a long day of training. He says, You know what, Tracy? You're pretty okay. You know, you're pretty okay, too. And you both give each other thumbs up. And then star swipe. (laughs) Star swipes away. Okay, so what that means for you is that now you know about grappling. I'm going to say the the first time that you grapple someone, I'm going to give you plus two on it because it's, like, fresh in your mind. And he practices this one move where you put someone in a headlock with one arm, and then you can put someone else in a headlock with the other arm. And then you can push both of them down. That is very, very cool. I like it a lot. Cool. So I think for the end of the night, after Tracy's done showering and, and cleaning up a little bit. <laughs> I'm imagining Tracy showering. I like it. Hey, d- gross. <laughs> no, it's because he, sing- he sings a lot. He sings he's the girl from Ipita. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he definitely does he's do that. He's the song from the trophy room stuck in his head. I want to cut you the feeling. <laughs> Tracy's going to make his way up to the alchemy room. He grabs his pack out of the locker room, and uh, he spies the draconic book that he still hasn't been able to read. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's going to take it back up to Tammy and Taylor and maybe James if he's there and see what he can. He's going to apologize as well. Sure. Give it back. Are you going to put the book in the bag yet? Are you put, did you, have you put anything in the bag yet? No, I don't trust it yet. Okay. It tries to nuzzle you on the way up. <laughs> don't worry, Tallahassee. You don't, we'll, we'll get there. Anara, what do you want to do with your day? Well, I sure don't want to go out onto the road knowing nothing about the threats that we're facing, the people we might have to fight, and only knowing how to use my daggers medium well. So what I want to do is learn more about whatever we might be facing to the extent possible, specifically the threats and the things we might have to fight against. And I also want to get a little bit better at fighting, which I have not done much of before. Cool. Okay. Who do you want to talk to? If Maximilian's around, I'll talk to him. If there's a head of the Royal Guard or something, or maybe there's someone who heads up the Royal Armory, 
that I could find out some sweet sword tricks. Sword, sword tricks. Okay. Basically, I want to talk to the coolest person in the castle vis-a-vis killing people. So you actually ask around to a bunch of guards and you literally ask that. Hey, who's your coolest coworker? <laughs> yeah. Um, whenever you ask someone like who their coolest coworker is, who's the most stabby, uh, they always tell you about the captain, Captain Rose. Oh, nice. And they send you up to her office, which is actually all the way on the top of the castle, right next to the courtyard where you were before. You walk up to the guardhouse and the door is closed. I'm going to knock at the door and say, uh, hey, Captain, uh, some of your some of your guards down there told me that I should talk to you. I have some urgent questions around Prince Alonzo. And the voice inside says, uh, can you just give me like 10? Who, who is this? Uh, this is uh, Inara Harthorn. You may know me from saving Greg's life like once and, and almost twice now. So uh, I'm going to be doing some kind of challenge tomorrow. There's just lots of stuff. I got a bunch of like cool tools that I'm going to use to stab other people who are not the princes. Don't worry. But I'm going to be defending his life uh, for a long time, starting real quick. So I just thought I would come and, you know, say hi and stuff. Yeah, okay. Yeah, those are those are pretty good reasons. All right, yeah, come in. Just sit quietly for a second, okay? And you open the door and... A half-elf woman is standing on the far side of the room. And there's a big window uh, that actually stretches all the way out off of the courtyard. And you can see, like, the whole city from there. You see the market and all of the neighborhoods with the different colored houses all the way to the mural on the far wall. Mm-hmm. And she's standing there, and there's a big canvas up on an easel. And you see that she's painting. Oh. And she kind of, with her free hand... Uh, that's not holding a paintbrush. She kind of points over to a chair on the other side of the room. Cool, cool painting, man. I, I have hobbies too. Mostly they involve hurting people right now, but uh, maybe I'll, you know, grow into the finer things and then I take a seat. Maybe that's your problem. All of your hobbies are punch related. Just hold on. And for a few minutes, she kind of like does little swoops to finish up the painting. And as the sun is kind of like peeking over the wall of the city, she steps back for a second and takes a deep breath and she says, all right, that one's pretty good. And she takes down her black hair and shakes it out a little bit and sits behind a big desk in a big chair and puts her feet up on the desk and says, who are you? What's going on? Okay, one, sick painting. I really respect that. Thanks. Two, uh, I am going out with Alonzo on the road, I think, as he does some kind of tour of the concentric states. First, I got to pass that challenge, but, you know, pretty happy and excited about that. Things going to go fine. But what I do want to know is, are there any, I don't know, threats against him I need to know about? What kinds of dangerous stuff is happening out in the states, outside of Phidopolis? I was here for, like, a, a day before I, I got arrested. Everything's fine now. Long story. Shouldn't have mentioned that. Okay. Uh, and, Wait, what? You get arrested? Uh, not... Uh, so, long story. Before... Before I saved the prince's life, I was I was briefly on a on a tour of your lovely dungeons, uh, and now now I am totally like lauded as a as a defender of the champion and things. Anyway, point being, I I want to learn some good moves. I I take this seriously. I really want to defend Alonzo, uh, and and I want to know anything that you might know. Why well, you quickly monologued at her? You kind of see one of her eyes is on the painting as it's drying, 
And she says, tour of our lovely dungeons. I guess that's a nice way to say that, huh? She walks back over the painting and she kind of blows on it a little bit and she puts it over in a corner of the room. And you actually see that this is not the only one of these paintings. There are like 50 canvases stacked in different places around this room. What do they show? Each one are pretty much the same. There's all of the same landscape, all of the sun coming up over the walls of the city. But each one is actually a little bit different. And you can see like there are like little calamities happening all over the city. Like in one, there's like a fire on the far corner of one of the neighborhoods. And in another, like in the foreground, you literally see like three people fighting with swords. They're rudimentary, but like they get these ideas that each one has like a little bit of danger Mm -hmm. inside of each one. And this one, even though it's very small, you can see like a tree has fallen over Hmm. and it actually has somebody trapped underneath it. I like this one the best. You know, there are actually no trees in the botanical gardens that could actually crush anybody. But, you know, I figured that if it were to happen, it would probably hurt someone and I definitely know how to fix that. I'd send like 10 people out like with axes and then just chop it up and roll them over. Or maybe there's like two moms who get like super strength because their kids are under there and they could just throw it by themselves. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard of that before. Cool. Uh, are, are you just like making up ways that people can die in Phidopolis? It makes it sound a lot more morbid when you say it like that. It's more like you visualize danger that's happening, right? And there are all these scenarios that could go poorly, especially around this castle, right? So if I can think of it, then I can think about how to fix it, right? Makes sense. So all these, I mean, they're just people doing dumb stuff. People are fighting with swords and accidentally let a fire elemental out or, you know, next to a tree during a thunderstorm. It's my job to figure out how to fix it. And I might as well make it pretty, huh? Were you one of the ones responsible for Alonzo walking off? So people keep saying that. Uh... I was I was going in search of breakfast. Lonzo was walking away too, and we happened to meet up in the market. Big misunderstanding. No, People no, no, no. Died. It's it's fine. You know what? He does that a lot. It's a secret, but he runs away like every three days, and no one really notices. He takes someone as an escort, but he usually just loses them in the green market over there. I mean, no one can really find him. He he knows those markets like the back of his hand. You just got to keep an eye on the guy. He thinks that he's stretching to, like, throw off the royal family name, right? But, yeah. I mean, he's always going to be the prince, and now he's the champion. You can't just run off and eat, like, five papayas, and now you're a regular person. You got to keep an eye on the guy, even more so now, now that the Red Throats are in all five states. All five. Awesome. All, all nice. five. They've gotten bigger and stronger, especially after this whole royal wedding thing. I mean, who would have thought that... A whole government based on making fair things and people living by themselves when two come together that some people might be angry. So are they like more in the cities? Are they more on the road? When are we going to be our most vulnerable? Alonzo's tendency to just walk away aside. Yeah, the Red Throat Gang mainly congregates in cities. They can get as many people riled up as possible and join their cause. And then they start training them and then giving them bandanas. It's mostly halflings. Maybe because they're shorter or just they have like a magical sense of when things aren't going the way that they want to. They're the ones rising up and they gather 
other creatures or monsters living in the cities to help them. They're low-key magical. I don't know if any wizard is going to bust out, but they know how to fight. They know how to jump around. They got in here, even though we had all of our guards looking and y'all were all stationed for them. So you got to watch out. They're crafty. They're fighting for something more important than power or blood. They're fighting for themselves. Just so happens that what they want is directly against what the rest of the concentric states want. At that point, she kind of slumps back into her chair and again kicks her feet back up on the desk. That is all super helpful to know. Do you have any sweet equipment that you feel like, you know, Alonzo needs to protect him? By Alonzo, I mean me. So you see my you see my stature. You see what kind of sword might fit me. Cool things I can throw. Really great pointy spiky disc things. Really just anything. Anything you know. If you look at it and, and just the first word that comes to mind is badass. That's the kind of weaponry that if you have lying around, I just would love to uh, to to take on. If I had any badass weapons. I would be the one using them. I mean, you're so badass. Just totally, totally makes sense. You, you know, you're just, you're great. I want to emulate you in all ways. Your boots are dope. I love your painting. Like, everything, everything about you is just, you're rocking it. And I want to be as much like you as possible. This is an R trying flattery. All right, cool team. First of all, thank you. Second of all, my last name is Battlestroke. I haven't used a sword in 10 years. They don't let us do that in Fidopolis. Remember you saw the guards like with the whip and with the shocky thing? That's the best we can do is a magical taser. If I had something dope to give you, I would have to fight you for it. And you do not want to fight me for it. What I can do is I can let you know what to look out for when the Red Throat Gang are assembling. They're sneaky, but they're not trained. They jump around cities, they're running through, but once you get out of a cityscape, they're totally all over the place. And halflings, halflings like to think that they're good with other races and other monsters, but they really aren't. So I think I can tell you what you need to know. At this point, she kind of reaches back behind her desk and pulls out ten big canvases, but instead of paintings on them, they are strategic, tactical maps and graphs and flowcharts. And they're all about the Red Throat Gang. And for the rest of the day, she does like presentation after presentation on these things, pointing out their weaknesses, their problems, what a Red Throat Gang looks like in full battle gear or what they might look like in a crowd. Everything you need to know about the Red Throat Gang. Does she give me a snack for this corporate training presentation? She gives boxes. <laughs> are, are there cookies individually packaged? There's some fruit. What's a snack situation? Yeah, you get a free pad and, and a pen that Brand, says... Branded pen. It says Fidopolis Guards on it. Nice. You get a sandwich and two apples. Nice. Uh, take one for later. Yeah. <laughs> like any good street urchin. And you do this all day. The sun is actually setting by the time that she's finished going through everything. And she takes a deep breath and says, that is literally everything I know. And I look down at my full pad of notes, sort of grudgingly written down. I'm pretty exhausted. I don't like sitting still for that long. And I'm like, yeah, that uh, sounds like everything that anyone knows about the Red Throat Gang. Uh, but super thankful still. Thanks. Uh, you really saved that at the end. Thank you. I did 10 PowerPoint presentations for you. 
Hey, I call it PowerPoint because I look very powerful when I point at the maps. Oh, I was going to say, is it because it, it takes a lot of power to to write on that very thick canvas? So to really just like use the point of your pen and just use a lot of power to get all the all the strokes in there. Yeah, people don't know, but calligraphy is actually a power based handwriting. Hundred percent. Yeah. Since you spent all day working with Captain Rose on the Red Throat Gang, if you are looking in a crowd for the Red Throat Gang, I'm going to add plus five to perception or investigation. So it's like, you know how to identify, like, if there's like a, a red bandana, like in someone's pocket, or like if they're starting to prep something and you get a good spot. It's also going to make it a little bit easier for you to sneak up on the Red Throat Gang. So once you've identified them, I will give you advantage when you want to sneak up on them and do sneak attacks. I'm very sneaky. It's very helpful. Thank you. Yeah. It's evening. What do you want to do now? I'm still carrying the potions that we made in our grand chopped potion battle off. So I would love to go and identify what those sort of mystery berries are that I added. I have like two versions of the same potion. One has those and one doesn't. So I'd love to look it up and see if there's books in that room that I can use. All right, Johnny, what do you want to do? I think the best course of action would be for Johnny to take a look into a library. All right. You walk up to a guard and ask him where the library is, and they point you back to the hallway where James's room was. And it's the door all the way on the left. And you open the door, and this library is packed with books yes. like you've never seen more books in a smaller space like there are just like rows and rows of shelves just large enough to like get a person in between each one and there is a small desk on your right and a gnome woman is sitting at the desk tinkering with something hello fellow lover of books how are you on this beautiful day <laughs> It feels like a greeting card. Is that how you introduce yourself to everybody? Like, hello, <laughs> this is Johnny B. Goodlight with the news. Hello. It, uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, the gnome woman looks up and says, yes, I am a lover of books. You are in the right place, friend. So glad to see you. Hello. Welcome to my magical library. And she wiggles her fingers at you. She's like, I'm Ella, the magical librarian, and wiggles her fingers at you again. Could I roll to see if uh, she's being sarcastic at me? Sure. <laughs> roll insight. Uh, 14 plus uh, 1. 15. Yeah, she's being a little sarcastic at Okay, you. that's not very nice. Okay, well, she's not being sarcastic at you. She's being goofy. Oh, okay. But there's some nugget of truth in there. She's not, like, just being a jerk. So on this floor, there were three arcane signatures I was able to detect using my 
you could say arcane skill. I like to say Ghostbuster tool. Yeah, this was the one with the least amount of magical energy, uh, but there is magical energy in this room. Well, uh, let's talk to her for a bit. I'm Johnny B. Goodlight, here to share in our love of books. And if you want, you can take a look at my book as well. And I hold up the uh, Book of Light. You know, I never actually asked you this, but is the Book of Light an actual book? Yeah, the Book of Light is an actual book that, for better or worse, Johnny's writing. There definitely was some stuff written there before he acquired it, but he is writing a lot of verses. It works as a combination spell book, diary, and manifesto in spreading the light. (laughs) Often when he does his proclamations or like, Chapter four, paragraph two, like it's he's making that stuff up. But the spells and like the history of the Undying Light, he's collecting in there to describe it would say it's lovely leather bound, filled with papers that are just sticking out. But it it looks fairly organized despite it looking a bit chaotic. Cool. All right. So when you offer it, like you're actually offering like a book to it's, her? So it's a book. It's attached to a very long like almost chain. <laughs> Is this like a wallet chain you have attached to your Jinko jeans? I may be an old man, depending on what age I am, but I'm still cool and hip. Sure. And she's like, yeah, wow, cool, nice, cool book. I want to check that out. She runs up to you and grabs the book out of your hand. Then when you look at her, her body starts to blur. Parts of her body are like shifting and wavering, and you can't really focus on her body at all. And she takes the book out of her hand, and she actually starts trying to walk away with it back to her desk. And she says, yeah, you can check out all of my magical books. And she puts the book down on her desk. And she's all blurry and it's like moving quickly. And she pulls out like a bunch of books and like throws them in the air, almost like she's juggling them. Is she like a flash kind of thing where she's moving so fast it looks like a blur? Or is she just blurring because it's not like she's hooked onto this dimension? Why don't you roll an arcana check? Okay. Eight plus four for a 12. Not great. Well, that's more than half. She cast a spell on herself, which is making her blur. No way of knowing what spell that is, of course. I mean, the spell is called blur. Oh, it's just called blur. It's called blur. (laughs) (laughs) And she's kind of juggling all these books, throwing them up in the air. Okay. Miss Ella. I can call you Miss Ella, of course. Sure, Sure, whatever whatever you need to call me. And she's still chuckling. Oh, gosh. Miss Ella, I have a few questions about your collection. Sure. What do you need to know about it? Whoa. I'd love to know what your oldest book here on the concentric states is. And also, if you can recall any references to a duality or light. Capital L, of course. But at this point, she grabs all the books out of the air and puts them back where they were. And the shifting has stopped. She said, oh, I guess, um, huh, that that magic wore off. Usually I scare people off with the blur thing by then. Um, oh, you were trying to scare me. Oh, I'm, yeah, because it's spooky. Oh, no. It's spooky. Oh, oh, oh dear. You yeah, got you know, me. Yeah. Well, I guess you actually do love books. That's pretty cool. Um, I, yeah. You, you have mine. I, have, I, I like it. This, this looks more like a diary than anything else. Eh, are you book sections, too. Are you letting me read your diary? Cool. Like, nice. I'd probably start towards the beginning, which is less diary, more reference material and research. (laughs) But, you know. You know what? Sure. Yeah. Let me show these all to you. And she starts scurrying through the stacks. 
And you can hear like she's pulling different books off the shelves. And after like five minutes or so, she kind of puts ten books in your hands. And ten. ten books. Oof. And she says, the first five are like all about the concentric stakes, history, relationships, political dealings, maps, anti-maps, which are the, like the other sides of maps. Um, all that stuff. And the bottom, like, I just kind of pulled as many religious texts as I could find uh, that, like, have, like, a no symbol on it. It's like, no, don't read that. We we have a don't read that section. It's really for me, really. And then I go and read it. Um, so, yeah, just go at it, I, I guess. And I'll page through your diary. That will be cool. You can call it manifesto as well. Uh, I'd I'll say- page through your diary manifesto. <laughs> And one last thing, in these books, is there a mention of a challenge or of a next generation of heroes, you know, of ones that aren't the original heroes that unified us? Oh, are you doing the challenge? Well, I'm, uh, you know, I'm pretty great, but I have two other companions as well who are just as great as me. And yes, we are about to attempt the challenge. Oh, which one are you doing? Is it Golden Gear, Invisible oh, Box, no. the Spyglass? Which one? Every time someone asks that, I get a little pit in my stomach. We're doing the uh, spyglass. Mm, good one. Good one. Good one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You know, the third one right there, and she kind of blows on it. The dust clears, and uh, it says, Official Records of Concentric Challenges, Chapters 1 through 20. Oh, no. And she's like, yeah, everything you need to know is going to be right there. I figured you need that. You look, you look challenging. Yes. And do you have any advice on it? Be spooky. Use your magic. I'm serious. Use magic. You're, you're magical, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, do that. Just use your magic. Use my magic. Okay. I don't know. I haven't, I've never seen them. I'm always here. But, um, you know, that book, seen, seen some stuff. Cool. Thank you very much. I grab one. I grab them all. Uh, yeah. yeah, I grab them all. <laughs> I'm assuming there's like a comfy leather chair kind of close to where she is. What kind of a dungeon master would I be if I didn't give you a comfy leather chair to sit in? Yes, there's a comfy leather wingback chair with like a lamp that's like kind of hanging down. Oh, great lights at you. Yeah, and you can pull on the chain (laughs) and it's just like warm yellow light. The third one is the one I'd like to start with. From there, probably the most comprehensive looking of the concentric state ones. Okay. I'll tell you three things. I'll answer three of your questions. So I'll tell you some stuff about the Undying Light. I'll tell you some stuff about the Concentric States. And I'll tell you some stuff about the challenge. So for the challenge, I'm looking specifically for any record of success with the Spyglass or any references of groups that the representative at the time believed they got the closest but missed X, Y, Z. Any hints perhaps as to what we'll be facing or what kind of answer is needed or what specifically the challenge will entail. So you flip through. It's divided into three sections. So there's one on the golden gear, one on the invisible box, and one on the spyglass. And a lot of people didn't figure out the challenge at all, and they took a lot of notes in that in the beginning part. There aren't specifics necessarily about the challenge, but there are all of these stories about going out to this big lake behind Kiko Castle and having to sail into the middle of the lake to grab the Kiko orb. And you see, like, some pictures of it, and it's, like, this divided orb. One half is gold and one half is silver. And there's nothing really specific about it. Like, there's a lot of different, like, stories. It seems like it's been taken from people standing on the shore. They see, like, this boat sail away, and then there's a lot of failure. When they describe the failure, does it sound like death? 
It's no, it's not safe failure. It's not death necessarily. There have been some deaths, but people get pretty messed up. There's also a lot of reference to the storm that they were talking about. So it's like they are sailing this boat into a storm to retrieve the Kiko Orb. Okay. That seems like a lot more information than we had before. Uh, On the concentric states, I think I would want the specifics on the heroes looking into the attributes, powers, and artifacts of the heroes that helped unify the concentric states together to kind of get an idea, I think, of the kind of people we're looking for and trying to meet when we're out with Alonzo. Sure. Okay. If we pass the challenge, of course. Right. So you're flipping through for medallion, I guess medallion, 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 and you see it under this section called The Centering. And again, this is a lot more of like mythology and stories. These five heroes banded together to fight off some evil, and then they fought it off. And all of the heroes then went off to found one of the five city-states of the concentric states. So you kind of put it together. Like Alonzo's great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather founded Fidopolis, and that's why the Kikos are now in power and have been forever. There's more mentions of like the medallion and how Alonzo's grandfather was wearing it. You see him referred to as Sylvanas Kiko the Great or Sylvanas Kiko the First. And you kind of get the sense of like, even though there's this representative government, it seems like each of these heroes actually is kind of like the royal, big quotes, royal family of these places. Does anything in the mythology indicate that the source of power of the medallion comes from the actual artifact or from the bloodline and something that may have happened during the centering? Yeah, actually, that, that that's a good question. When they talk about these heroes, there's no mention of, like, magical items. They are just, like, these larger-than-life figures who are fighting off this evil. But then when you see pictures of Sylvanas Kiko the first, then he's wearing the medallion. Well, I mean, because, obviously, items have power when we give them power like that. So. Sure. Okay. And I'm going to give you one last thing. So here's the stuff about the Undying Light. There is not a lot on the Undying Light in this library. Even the stuff that Ella gave you that was like no bad religious texts, it's mostly just like anti the Trinity. It's like saying that like Adama is not actually our ruler and is just like an idea that the representatives of the concentric states came up with. That they are putting this like theology on of all of the states. But there are some references to a shadow. They don't say anything about the undying light as it is, but they do say some stuff about the shadow realm. And you realize that it's kind of like the flip side to the undying light. There are these ideas that like even around the Trinity and maybe like the Trinity fights all these things off, that there is this like evil energy that kind of surrounds everything and the Trinity is keeping everything together. Even Zeol, the responsible for death and for the afterlife, is still responsible for doing it correctly and like keeping the evil biz away so you recognize that and i think this might be the first time you've actually heard anything about shadow and it's kind of i mean it's kind of a big deal right yeah i mean the everything i've seen reference to specifically talks about more about the positivity and the light and then anything that's about darkness it's not given a word like shadow it's just a negative right which could be anything but now that it's specifically shadow 
that's really concerning because I think not too far from this very room, we fought some shadows. Right. Okay. As you reading about the shadow, something inside you starts to strengthen a little bit. It's like now you've seen an enemy and like you feel trained on it and you're ready to take that stuff on. You have found your nemesis and that makes you really prepared. And you just feel empowered by having an enemy. Heck yeah. And Johnny V. Goodlight, you are now level four. Oh, damn. Okay. (laughs) Nice. Oh, it feels good. And yeah, you feel like a little emboldened. Like maybe you're glowing a little bit. This is great. Okay. Radiating as Johnny does from this enlightening uh, read, which really most reads are. Enlightening read. Oh, my God. Enlightening. Oh, you just got that? (laughs) Ella. Thank you very much. This has been very helpful to me. Did you see anything interesting in there? She looks up. She sees you're glowing. She's like, okay, I didn't say do magic in here. No, I I have enough magic as it is. I can blur things. Like, I'm the only magic user here. The spooky books. What are you doing? What is this? I'm sorry. I I just, uh, you know, when when you find the missing piece to your own self, and you read a good book and it tells you, that's how I feel. I read your your diary, too, and I, I feel like I've lost some pieces of myself. Oh, no. <laughs> I've, it's very concerning. You did, I don't know why you wrote about wetting your bed for 10 years. That was concerning. It's I, I specifically said you could read the first part. You didn't like, have to Like 25 there. to 35, too? That's a very strange place. It was a strange like, time in my life. I don't know what else to I say. Can, so I can say, and now you are, okay, just get, get, out, get out of here. I got stuff to do. If you ever want to finish the book... Because I gotta tell you, no, I do not. Get out of here. Okay. Well, does it go? Is the it has third act problems? <laughs> Bye. See you later. I definitely want to go back to the alchemy room where we fought those shadows. Johnny, as you walk outside and you look out the window, it's now sunset. You've been in that library for hours. It may be dark outside, but the time in there filled me up with such light and goodness that I don't care what time it is. And through the door, you hear Ella go, oh, my God, get out of here. It was enlightening. Yes, I'm saying it again to be there with you. Please leave. I thought I was annoying by being spooky. Your spooks could never harm me. You're still talking to me through the door. Leave. I'll miss you forever. Good. I'm adding her as a friend. Right in the friend column. (laughs) Hey, it's Eric. You know when it's almost fall, but not quite? Like the night is pretending that it's crisp for just a few hours and then it jumps right back into summer? But the businesses are all in full swing with their fall stuff. It's just pumpkin muffins, pumpkin plates, pumpkin donuts, pumpkin spice lattes all the way down. But you made it to the end of summer with only a few sunburns to your name, so you treat yourself to something autumny. This is that something. It's cider with a little bit of whiskey. We got so many Patreon users since we last talked. Thank you so, so much to Paola of Artistic Fame. Kaylee, Lucille, Hillary, JST1138, Tyler, Alexa, Allison, Noel, and Kaylee Rose, who upped her pledge and has been with us since the beginning. 
It is jumping, jumping in our Discord feed. The bloopers keep on coming, and I'm always writing deep backstories for your favorite NPCs. This is my favorite things that I get to do every two weeks, and I really just want y'all to come read them. You can jump around, jump around, jump up, jump up, and get down at patreon.com slash join the party pod. I'm really proud with what we've been posting over on our Medium blog, our newest addition to the Join the Party family. Amanda wrote about the official change from Wizards of the Coast, which is D&D's parent company, about making D&D adventures more queer in the future. And I am so, so happy that she did. I could listen to Amanda talk about the collision between nerd culture and queerness all the time. And now you can too. And I dropped the game mechanics of our chopped battle from episode four right in there so you can have more Food Network in your own games. Unless there is already a wizard named Bobby Flay and then you're doing more than me. You can read that at medium.com slash at, yeah, it's simple, join the party pod, or watch our social media feeds on Facebook and Twitter at join the party pod. All right, let's get back to the party. I'm going to walk up to the door of the alchemy room and do another shave and a haircut knock, but very gingerly. I don't want to scare Tammy and Taylor. Inside you hear two bits. Oh, come in, come in, come in. Uh, so I open the door and I walk in. James is standing over his big cauldron and Tammy and Taylor are just kind of running around, like bothering each other. Hey, hey guys, how's it going in here? Tammy and Taylor both wave to you, like, just go like, hi, and they can just keep running after each other. And James says, ah, Tracy, uh, robot friend, come in, come in, what's going on, bud? I, I have something I need to, to ask and something I need to fess up to. Well, I guess we should just do two of those two things right now, huh? Bad news first, always. I reach behind my back and pull the draconic book that I took off the shelf and kind of, uh, avert my gaze a little bit and I show it to him. Uh, what's, uh, what's this? I might have took this from your bookshelf earlier. Uh, okay. Uh, what, what is it, what does that say? I was hoping that you could tell me that. Well, uh, buddy, it's, uh, written in Draconic and I do not, uh, read Draconic. So you have a book on your shelf that you've never read? (laughs) Man, you don't know the books I have on my shelf. (laughs) Do you know the books you've got on your shelf? The answer to that is no. I do not know the books. You know, if you could have just walked away with that, I would be like, ah, Tracy, cool book. (laughs) And I would have tried to read it and be like, can't read that. Like, that would have been my life. Tracy feels immediately better. Like, a wave of relief has just washed over him. Like, it's kind of a bummer that you took it, but, uh, you know, it's fine. Like, it's, it, I didn't know it was and there, Tracy, so. And Tracy walks away and yells, Tammy Taylor, come here! <laughs> Tammy and Taylor are still running around. They say, what? I need your help. Cool. Please catch, catch us. us. And they run, they run around. <laughs> they're running around. And Tracy immediately chases after them. Okay. <laughs> that is a high stakes game of tag. This is a very high stakes. All right. What's your strategy here? Final Destination 4. He can tag with Tracy. <laughs> He's going to crush them. <laughs> 
he's going to like chase them around the cauldron in circles a little bit and then like do a really quick sidestep and kind of try to corner them into mm. a corner of the room and then like you know playfully like try to like bob and weave back and forth let's do a dexterity contest 14 uh, okay, they rolled much higher than you. So you try to quarter them, and they both, like, run up your arms and jump off either side. And they both raise their hands in the head and say, Ta-da! And uh, Tracy falls over laughing. All right, that was pretty fun. I, I won. We-, we both won. You you, you lost. You, you did. You did win this. We did. Okay, what do you what do you need, buddy? Uh, I have this book. Can you help me read it? Oh, was that the one that you tried to lie that said you knew how to read it? No! Yes, that was yes, that was that. That was that one. Ah. Oops. <laughs> so now you actually want to learn how to read it? Yeah, I would really I would very much like that, yeah. Alright, okay. Both of them like take your hands, lead you over to the library, and like sit you down in a chair. They take the book from you and it's very heavy. They actually both of them need to hold it to do it. And they speak like draconic to each other, which is like a really harsh back of the throat language that you actually can only do like if you have dragon parts. And they say, okay, we know we know the title, but we think you should say it in in your language. Oh okay. It's called The Times to Come. Say it. The Times to Come. And the book opens up and it starts flipping through and it opens right in the middle. And you see all of these lines then start to pop up on the page. And you can't really figure out what they have to do with each other. The first one says, Why is she riding Sunflower? That's my horse! You're a real good friend, Tao. Thank you. Of course I'll marry you, Jamie. And by a short number of votes, your new mayor is... You recognize these next words. And the first one says, Oh my god, no one said Amara couldn't swim. I'm sorry, Johnny. I can't afford to leave you alive. The bounty's dead, Tracy. Dead or alive. It ends there, and the book stops moving. And these lines that you didn't see before, they stay, and it looks like they're written in ink. You try to rub your finger on it, and it just doesn't go away. Tammy, Taylor, do you have any idea what any of these mean? No, not at all. Hmm. Those last ones look pretty bad, though, huh? They don't look great! Yeah! No. Whoops. So I slowly close the book, um, go in for a hug for Tammy and Taylor, but are they more of like a cool handshake kind of duo? Oh, no, they're down for hugs. Okay. Okay, go in for a hug, and I gave them a big, big, big bear hug. A big, big owl bear hug. And uh, say, thank you, guys. I, I'm still bummed I didn't get to play. Chopped. But, like, this was great. Well, you know what they say. Liars never prosper. That's that's what they say. Sick burn. And they high-five each other, even in your, in your hug. Sick burn. Johnny walks in as if he owns the place, because he's been here before, so clearly he does. James! Tammy, Taylor, hey, Tracy, it's been an age. How are you guys? It's been a day. When Johnny walks in, Tracy, you notice that he's literally glowing. Ah, uh, Johnny? 
James says, hey, that's a cool aura you got going on. You did that yourself? And Inara, hearing the commotion as she's coming down the staircase from the courtyard, goes over to the alchemy room and says, Johnny, what did you fall in? <laughs> I fell in the undying light. Oh my god, and that wasn't character. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just more confident in what I'm doing on this planet than I was before. I walk up to Johnny and I start trying to like touch the aura a little bit. Uh, cool, cool thing that happened to you, Johnny. So what did you guys do all day? Well, I uh, spent the day reading, which is why I feel so warm and bubbly. And Tammy and Taylor go, nerd! <laughs> yeah, yeah, that always happens to me when I read, gesturing at the light aura. Well, I not only found out a little bit more of what I'm doing here, I found out a little bit about the concentric states and that we could possibly die during this challenge. Yeah, no, me too. I saw it in vivid detail. Literally, lots of paintings. It's a long story. It's in my book here! It says we're gonna die! Uh, actually, James, I hope someone told you that there was a fight here earlier. What? What are you talking about? It's not, no, no, I know everything that happens. Yeah, yeah, there was a fight. So... Thanks for getting buckshot in my walls. That was chill. Yeah, I mean... Clearly, that's what we wanted to do. Yeah, and certainly that was uh, on purpose. By Good us. sarcasm. It was strong. Ten out of ten. Is there any remains of the shadow creatures, or any idea where they could have come from, or anything about them? Oh, shadow creatures. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't see anything around here. Uh, I mean, you could check it out, walk around if you want to hear. I mean, that was pretty nasty. I, I mean, this never happened before. I gotta say, and I, I'm not a shadowy person, you know. And he kind of like. Does it a quick twirl with his robe? Is like, does it look like I'm a shadowy person? No. No! I cast light on his robe as he does a twirl. Oh my god. <laughs> that was also in character. Um, <laughs> so, in our rolls rise real hard at Johnny one more time, and then says, so, so James, normally if I can't punch a thing, I'm not interested in it, but are there ways that I could, like, defend against shadow creatures in the future? It was just, it was weird to fight a thing that I couldn't punch. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a uh, monstery person. Like, I, I, I make potions. Like, I don't know how to fight those things. Like, if you've fought it off already, it sounds like y'all did a good job. I'd like to go towards where we kind of saw them appear into the room and sure. just do some arcane checks to see if there's any remnants. Sure, why don't me. you can make an arcana check, because you're, like, tuned to that biz. Eight. Even if you if you were to look around and you as someone who's tuned to where light comes from, I mean, you don't know necessarily where they came from. It definitely looks like they came from outside, though. They weren't, like, hanging out in here. Like, if you were to see, like, a shadowy force, it came from, like, outside the walls and they came inside. And there's no remnant or trace of them? No, nah, not with an eight dog. While Johnny's doing that, I want to walk up closer to James and say, James! When we were doing that big fight thing, uh, we learned a very important fact about our party. We, if we die, we die. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like life, man. You just say, if you die, you die. But if you live, you live. <laughs> right. Um, there's, nobody can heal anything. Is there, can you teach us, like, how to make it, like, a healing potion? Like, on the fly, on the road? We have to look over Alonzo as well and, like, what if he gets hurt? Like, how are we supposed to deal with that? And I'm going to walk up to you guys, too. I hear on the road and bound over. Yeah, I can give you a recipe, I guess. Um, I got a few lying around. 
Um, what are you, you What are you doing? Where, where are you going? Uh, we're going to go on a on a little adventure with Alonzo. So we uh, we just want to know a little more about how to defend ourselves against uh, whatever may happen. Yeah, cool, cool. Okay, okay, I can show you that. He shows you like the basics of how to make a healing potion. And if you have all the ingredients of a herbalism kit, I'll say that you can use that to make a an emergency one d ten plus your nature modifier potion. Cool. So and then he'll give you the one that he made. And it'll give you this extra one that he had. I'm going to say each one gives you 10 healing. But like when you make it, it's going to be different. But since he's pretty good and he, this was pretty middle of the road, he gives you two 10 HP potions. Hey, James. Thanks. No problem, dog. This is my job. Oh, and earlier, before the whole buckshot shadow person gun incident, um, I, I had some weird berries that I put into our chopped potion. Tammy Taylor. Oh, you really guys were fun. playing chopped. Oh yeah, you guys no. were playing chopped without me. That's crazy. Oh, did come I, on. Did I say chopped? I meant we were just chop. They were showing us knife technique. Like we were chopping things, and one of those things was these berries. What would happen just theoretically if I like added some to a lycanthropy potion? I don't know why you're lying about this, but you're gonna have to make a deception check. I'm a teenager, man. I lie about everything. That's a thirteen plus two for a fifteen. Okay, he's like, wait, what? Who is showing you how to how to chop things? Tammy Taylor. They like put their claws over their faces, and they're like, oh, sorry. Oh, I can't believe you played chop without me. All right, what'd you make? What'd you make? Tell me. Some of us didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you violate the rules? Was that a? Did you do it, Tracy? Tracy. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. I know you did. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What'd you guys make? What'd you make? Uh, lycanthropy potion, there were some berries. It was kind of confusing. So anyway, I, I put some berries in one, and I have one without, and I do not know what they are going to do. Oh, you got the, ooh, that's a good, that's a good one. That's a good stuff. I didn't even know we had one of those. That's a dangerous thing. Can I, let me, show them to me. Let me, let me see them. And I'm a little bit suspicious that he's going to take them away from me if I take them out of my pack. So when I do, I sort of hold them pretty tightly and just hold them close to my body and just sort of show him the potions. Hey, chef gets to t- eat the food. Am I right? Like those are yours. I just want to let me let me see them. I, I love. I'm. I'm. I don't know if you could tell, but I am the Iron Chef of Chopped. So. Uh, I am super not planning to eat these, sir. Good, yeah, probably a good idea. Um, and he takes one and he looks at the one without the berries and the one with the berries. He's like, oh, okay, I'm glad that you put those berries in. So this regular one, Lycanthropy Potion sticks. Like, you then get, become a werewolf. That seems like a thing you shouldn't be teaching Tammy and Taylor how to make. I mean, they're they're responsible. And he looks over at Tammy and Taylor and they're, like, fighting. They're, like, clawing at each other's faces. And he's like, yeah, those, those two scam. They know what they're doing. Um... So if you drink the one without the berries, then you literally get werewolf stuff. But then if you drink the one with the berries, that one is just like one-time use. Like you turn into a werewolf for like an hour and that's good. So I'm going to tie a piece of red string that I have in my pack around the one that sticks. Just so that we are super clear that this one is for enemies only. Got it. After not being able to find anything more on these shadows, Johnny turns towards the center of the room and says, May the undying light protect this place from the dark, and casts daylight, creating a giant uh, amount of light that spreads throughout the room, emanating from a single point in the middle. (laughs) Tammy and Taylor both shield their eyes, and James fishes out, like, stunner shades from his pocket, and he puts it on. Can you warn us before you turn on all the lights, man? 
Is James hungover from his partying last night? Always. <laughs> Seeing his uh, coolest friend that he has literally ever met put his sunglasses <laughs> on, Tracy fishes in his bag and puts his uh, aviators back on. Kind of like leans up against a wall, like posts up a little bit. <laughs> Johnny goes to the center point, which on the ground you see is a small pebble, and he grabs it and the light goes back to normal and puts it in his pocket. Tracy keeps his sunglasses on. Sorry about that, James. I just wanted to make sure that you guys would be safe since the uh, shadows attacked the other day. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> James still wearing his stutter shades. He says, all right, I helped you as much as you can. I, I, I don't know what else I can really do for you. And I got like 10 parties I got to go to in the next two hours. So uh, like, it just get it. Yeah. It's, it's about that time. About time for what? Tracy, please leave. Oh, okay. Bye, James. (laughs) See you you later. See you tomorrow. Good luck. Bye, Tammy and Taylor. Stay safe. And may the undying light protect you. And you, James. Peace, y'all. And Inara puts up a peace sign, which she shields behind her back from Tracy, lest he ask her what that means and try (laughs) to replicate it. All three of you walk back to your bunk. This is the same one that they put you in after the wedding. And, uh... The door does not lock by itself. As I enter the room, I'm just going to take, like, a dresser that's there, I assume, (laughs) and just, like, wedge it in the door frame. So there's no way that this door will lock on us. Yeah, that's true. That that door will not close all the way. I have a question. The last time on this room, it was a... (laughs) It was a complete mess since we uh, basically tore off all the sheets oh, and, right. and, and, the, and, the, and the bunks are in a way to, like, help us uh, f- One is uh, probably fall. in the window. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One is literally up it's against like the wall. Against, yeah, did did anyone you. clean it? Or? Oh, yeah. It was totally cleaned up. Like, it totally, it like, back, like, reset. There's, like, mints on the pillows. Exactly. Ooh. No, no mints. You guys don't get mints. <laughs> Crucially, is the paperweight still there? No, it's gone. No! No! What's our wedding favor then? We forgot to take it. (laughs) On the plus side, someone from housekeeping probably was able to take that paperweight home, which they may not necessarily have gotten before the wedding. I'm still glowing. Johnny goes back to the room, surprised and happy, of course, that the room is now uh, back to its neat and nice state. Our bags and stuff is all... all, 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 all. Oh, yeah, they're, they're there. Great. Rifling through my bag, I grab a pen and start writing in the Book of Light. And as I'm writing, I look up at the other two and say, we need to talk about tomorrow. Yeah, so what is this challenge actually going to be? Anyone know? No idea. So I uh, did some research on it, and a storm is coming was the quote. It seems that there's going to be a storm literally coming. We're going to have to sail in a lake, which I didn't know was here, grab some sort of orb, there's reference to people getting really messed up, is a quote, and also death. Cool. So we're going to have to sail, and we're going to have to deal with inclement weather, one might say. Um, so, you know, pack an umbrella. Always good to have. But you guys didn't find anything else about it. All, all I got is literal storm, get an orb, could die. I learned a bunch about the Red Throat Gang and, uh, and how to fight them and how to recognize them in crowds and stuff. But I was... I, I see now I was thinking more long term and should have been worrying more about dying tomorrow, which which I was not. Yeah, same here. I don't always uh, think about dying tomorrow. Well, uh, when you get to my age, that's all you think. <laughs> thanks, Dad. I got this briefcase. And I hold out a briefcase and it is a very nice 
leather briefcase that has kind of like feet on the end of it. And it kind of scuttles around me. It is in a circle. And then it rubs up against your leg. You guys want to play chess? Oh, we should, we should, well, well, death first, chess later. Tracy, does this briefcast have anything to do with the gigantic challenge we're going to contemplate tomorrow? Oh, no, it does not. Just checking. Uh, so, uh, Mr. Lightman, uh, what can you do about weather? Please, let me, nope, I'm not going to do that joke. <laughs> I'm not doing that joke. I'm not. Uh, I've not done too much sailing in my life, so I'm a little concerned about the fact that we're going to be sailing tomorrow, especially in inclement weather. You never know what happens when the rainstorm hits. I don't need to breathe. <laughs> oh, okay. That's the- surprisingly helpful, Tracy. And Tracy does a bow. Anything else you learned that you might not know or have thought to say so far that could be relevant to our sailing tomorrow? Well, I met a really cool dwarf named Horkley, and he taught me how to wrestle. And I had this book, and it says things now. You can read it. It's not just Intraconic. And I hand the book to Anara and Johnny. Johnny reads the contents of the book out loud to the group. Why is she riding Sunflower? That's my horse! You're a real good friend, Hal. Thank you. Of course I'll marry you, Jamie. And by a short number of votes, your new mayor is... Help her! Oh my god, no one said Amara couldn't swim! I'm sorry, Johnny. I can't afford to leave you alive. The bounty's dead, Tracy. Dead or alive. I can totally swim. No one said you couldn't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it means either. But I, there's some there's some things we should look out for. What do we look out for, though? This is creepy. But I don't know what we do with any of it. And you you can swim. Yes, I can d- definitely swim. I, we always camp next to uh, next to lakes or rivers. So, this has to be fiction then. I think the best thing we can do is keep it in our minds and look out for any reality-bending moments. But we're just going to carry on this creepy lying curse book? Well, I got a briefcase right here. Oh, okay, Tracy. I mean, you can, you can carry whatever you want, I guess. I'm just Johnny. tired. <laughs> Johnny takes note of everything into the Book of Light. In the diary section of the Book of Light, obvi. Is there like an agenda section where you can keep your daily calendar, and like a restaurants and meal section the, where you can note down places? The book that you've is been? the book is basically everything you would want from a book. You got reference, you got the research section, you got the diary section that apparently nosy librarians like to read. You got your utility section. There's a calculator built into the book. Are there some ribbons to keep your place? <laughs> and tons of notes and things, but yeah, that's all. We have a lot to discuss, but first, do either of you know why I'm glowing? No. We thought you knew? Yeah, I thought I did too, but it won't stop. Eh. And Johnny grabs some of the sheets and just puts it on him to see if maybe that'll stop some of the aura. I mean, you did put a sheet over yourself, so it looks like you've muffled like a lamp. (laughs) Tracy sits down on the floor and says... Guys, I think we have a lot to discuss. And opens the briefcase, lays out his chessboard, and says, let's get to business. As you work through the night, you guys talk about what's going to happen tomorrow. 
and eventually you all climb into your respective beds. Are you guys all on the top bunk? I couldn't remember. I'm on bottom. I don't sleep, so I'm just sentry. I'm on top bunk. <laughs> I got that one out of three right. And the night comes and goes, and you all wake up the next day, and it's challenge day. <laughs> Join the Party is brought to you by Brandon Grugel, Amanda McLaughlin, Michael Fichet, and me, Eric Silver. I am your host and game master. Brandon edits, mixes, and scores the show. Amanda manages our community and our digital life. And Michael archives, manual checks, and cartographs our world. Special thanks to our creative consultants, Connor McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Hetty Hunt. The party doesn't stop here. The day after every episode comes out, we publish the after party where we sit down to discuss what just happened and learn what could have happened. Send us your questions anytime. Join our community online by following at JoinThePartyPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We've also got every episode up on our website, jointhepartypod.com. And you can email us questions or stories anytime at hello at jointhepartypod.com. If you're enjoying this ride as much as we are, help the show out by subscribing to us in iTunes and leaving a quick rating. For even more Join the Party goodness, check out our Patreon. Just a few dollars will get you access to drawings, character backstories, bloopers, and so much more at patreon.com slash jointhepartypod. We'll see you in two weeks. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.